0: This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show of nothing but coffee, curse words, and unholy women. Yep. That was for you, Barb. Barb!
1: <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Some shit going down.
0: Um, please check out all of our socials, like the TikTok, Instagram... Send us an email. What if I told you podcasts at gmail.com.
1: We need to email Gerard back. I know. I think about it while I'm at work and I check our email and then I'm like, I'm going to reply to this. And then I do other things and I don't reply. Yeah. We're
0: sorry, Gerard.
1: Super sorry.
0: Our attention
1: span sometimes is just not great. Yeah. I'm like this with texting as well. Yeah. So, like, there it's literally happened where I, it's like three days later. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah.
0: Well, when you read that stuff and you're not really in a position to form a response, mm-hmm. it's easy to forget.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, by the time... You will be hearing this. It'll be Thanksgiving in a couple of days. So we hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um. And eat all the mashed potatoes you possibly can.
1: Yeah. Is is that the Thanksgiving food that you, pr- you look forward to the most? Mashed potatoes, stuffing, and rolls. Yeah. I was going to say stuffing. Mm-hmm. Um. It depends on what kind of rolls. I actually found a recipe today, um, and I I think I'm going to make these rolls. They're like honey Dutch oven rolls. Sheesh, that sounds good. Yeah. God damn. So, they were on, like, the Slow Cooker Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So, the recipe I looked at was for the Slow Cooker, but... I'm not gonna put them in my crock pot. I'm gonna put them in the Dutch oven. Yeah, it just seems better.
0: It it feels better.
1: It fe- it feels better. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try that next week. I'm off all week, so God only knows what shit I'm gonna cook. Dude, you're about to be off for like nine days. I know. That's fucking legit. It's gonna be lit, bro. I love that for you. Thank you. You have a
0: lot of shit to do, though.
1: I have a full ass itinerary. It's not going to be a vacation. No, this is not going to be relaxing. Um, I'm going to do so much baking. Like, yeah. I have fucking like eight things of butter. God damn. Eight boxes. Each box has four sticks. Okay. That's how much fucking butter is in this house. Plus, I have two things of Irish butter, which I use for the pie crust. So, my whole fridge is butter. In this economy, it's all on sale. <laughs> okay, I had to hit. Okay, so at Hy-Vee, they had the butter on sale for like a dollar ninety-eight <laughs> per thing, but it limited each. Person to only two, so I bought two, and then I went to the Hy-Vee across town and bought two more. You're a menace, <laughs> completely. But when you've got to cook baked goods for four Thanksgivings, oh yeah, a bitch is gonna travel across town to get the the cheap butter, absolutely. And I think the butter at that I got at Aldi the other day, I think it was like two fifty, so not crazy. But, like, regular price butter, it's fucking, like, $5 a thing. Shit's expensive. And we use butter, so, we use butter in almost everything. Yeah. And everyone, real butter is not bad for you, so just fuck off.
0: Yeah. I mean, even
1: if it was, fuck off. Well, sure. Margarine, if you're out here eating margarine... Which most of you probably are. Most of you are, even if it sticks, if it does not say salted butter, unsalted butter. Yeah. Like sweet con- cream
0: butter. Everyone gets country crock.
1: Yeah. That shit has got so much plasticizer in it, it would make you want to get sick. Yeah. That's... And it will make you get sick. People are probably out here thinking they're eating real butter, but it's margarine. That's right. It is. That's That shit is not butter. Get your real butter. Yeah, figure it out. Figure it out. All right. I'm glad we covered that. There's no Chip's
0: basement. Um, we're just going to fucking breeze over that. Do we need to file a missing person report? For stuff? I heard from him today. He is alive and well, folks. Okay. Well. Cool, Chip. Yeah. Um, We're hitting you with another spooky thing because there was a little a little hiccup last month but you still got seven episodes so seven out of eight that's a that's a good ratio
1: yeah what is that like 85 90 well let's just calculate that it's it's an 88 percent so we're like we're in b plus territory yeah that's all that matters it's not ideal but it'll do oh my god why do i have so many fucking apps open Okay, so this is the Wendigo episode that we recorded and then threw away.
0: Yeah, that happened.
1: Um, But shit like that happens. Shit do be happening. It's the way she goes. You know, sometimes she goes, sometimes she doesn't go. It's the way she goes. You want me to start? Sure. Because
0: I would like you to end up with origin and etymology, so... As it should. Yeah. All right, so we're just going to get right into it, because even though it's 7 p.m., it feels like it's 1 a.m. Yes, it does. So, the Wendigo, or Wendigo, I've heard it
1: pronounced both ways. Wendigo? hmm See, if it was Wendigo, I would like the E and the I to be switched. Yes.
0: Agreed. The Wendigo is a mythological creature or evil spirit originating from the folklore of Plains and Great Lakes natives, as well as some First Nations. It's based in and around the East Coast forests of Canada, the Great Plains region of the United States, and the Great Lakes region of um, the U.S. and Canada, grouped in modern ethnology as speakers of Algonquin family languages. The Wendigo is often said to be a malevolent spirit, sometimes depicted as a creature with human-like characteristics, which possesses human beings. Mm. The Wendigo is said to invoke feelings of insatiable greed and hunger, the desire to cannibalize other humans, and the propensity to commit murder in those that fall under its influence. In some representations, the Wendigo is described as a giant humanoid with a heart of ice, a foul stench, or a sudden unseasonable chill might also precede its approach.
1: We're experiencing a, an unseasonable chill here. That is true. It's because there's Wendigos about. Did he, are there Wendigos about here? I think there might be. Did I, I did tell you about April growling weirdly yeah. in the kitchen. It was a Wendigo. Possibly
0: because of long-time identification by Europeans with their own superstitions about werewolves, for example, as mentioned in the Jesuit resolutions. Um Hollywood film representations often label human-beast hybrids featuring antlers or horns with the Wendigo name, but such animal features do not appear in the original indigenous stories.
1: Oh, so they didn't have antlers in the original
0: yeah, and the thing that is on our Instagram is something with antlers.
1: Yeah. Which, uh, is, when you type in Wendigo, that's what pops up. It's like the thing Yeah, it's the, basically
0: all that pops up.
1: Yeah. In modern psychiatry,
0: the Wendigo lends its name to a form of psychosis known as Wendigo psychosis.
1: Well, on, on the nose. Yeah.
0: Which is characterized by symptoms such as an intense craving for human flesh and an intense fear of becoming a cannibal.
1: Wow, can you imagine that uh, clash of desires? That's
0: rough. Yeah. Wendigo psychosis is described as a culture-bound syndrome. In some First Nations communities, other symptoms such as insatiable greed and destruction of the environment are also thought to be symptoms of Wendigo psychosis.
1: Couldn't they have just... Put those two words together and made it Wendigosis. I love that. So do you get, <laughs> do you get
0: Wendigosis when you're just around a Wendigo? Or do they have know. to like touch you? I don't know. I feel like it has long fingers.
1: It does. And claws. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's creepy as fuck. Yo. Uh, uh, and they're supposed to be like between 10 and 15 feet tall. What? I just thought, okay, you've seen, what's it called? That movie with Joaquin Phoenix? The Village? <laughs> I, no. Oh. This... When you say that movie with Joaquin Phoenix, a lot of things come <laughs> to mind.
0: <laughs> it's like he lives in this village and there's like creepy things in the woods and it's actually people dressing up. But like, since this has said that wendigos actually don't have antlers or whatever, it kind of reminds me of the creature in that movie. Mm. Because it was just, like, a freaky face and, yeah, like, fingers.
1: Yeah. I actually, I added some stuff to this today, because originally this was supposed to be a mini episode, so it was shorter. And I added some, like, encounter stories Mm -hmm. off of, ones off of Quora and ones off of Reddit, maybe? Gotta love Reddit. Dude, Reddit is, like... A fucking dumpster fire. It's a good place to be. <laughs> you will get sucked so far in there. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, it was going to be worse. I almost said deep in there. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Uh, it's late. Um, it's 7 p.m. <clears throat> Dude, what what day was it last week? I literally fell asleep at 7.30 p.m. Oh, my gosh. That was the... That sleep was... Fire? Fucking insane. It's because I ate all of those scalloped potatoes. Yeah. And then I, I ate, and we were gonna... I was gonna even... I had other plans for the evening. And we turned on Letterkenny, and I was just like... Yeah. Dead. Well, you know potatoes yeah that's what i'm saying um what were we saying (laughs) i guess we'll just move on we'll move on that's a good plan (laughs) okay so origin and etymology uh the the word appears in many native american languages and has many alternative translations the source of the English word is the Ojibwe word, windigu In the Cree language, it is Wihitko or Wihitkow. Either one. Also translated as Wediko. Other translations include windigu Wendigo, Windago. Wendigo. See, that's, that's Wendigo. Um, windgu windgo windago windiga windago, windagu Winjigu, wijigu i don't know what the j i'm thinking like mexican probably uh, pronunciation wijgo wijigo widjigo Wintigo, Wentigo, Wendigo, Wentico, Windgo, Witko, and Wintsego. So many. A plural form, Windigog, is also spelled Windago, Windigoog, or Windy, Windy Windycowk? I don't know. The Washugi is a similar being that appears in the legends of the Athabascan people of the Northwest Pacific Coast. It, too, is cannibalistic, but it is characterized as enlightened with ancestral insights. So, I guess I get a break. I, yeah, I guess that one is not considered as evil or hostile. Less malevolent, I suppose. Apparently, because no one's talking about it. No one's talking about it. So,
0: the Wendigo is part of the traditional belief system of a number of Algonquin-speaking peoples, including the Ojibwe, the Salto, the Cree, the Naskapi, and the Inu. Although descriptions can vary somewhat, Common to all these cultures is the view that the Wendigo is a malevolent, cannibalistic, supernatural being. And they were strongly associated with winter, the north, the cold, famine, and starvation. For being an insatiable predator, the Wendigo is definitely not the largest or most muscular beast out there. (sighs) Though he is said to be almost 15 feet tall. Can you fucking imagine? And his body is described as being emaciated, and that is the creepiest shit I can think of.
1: Listen, I feel like the Wendigo is also not wearing a shirt. Know what I'm saying? Is this thing just naked, first of all? I feel like it's wearing a cloak. Not a cloak. A (laughs) loincloth?
0: No, like, rags. Rags. (laughs) Like
1: robes? Like Like ripped up robes. robes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, in in my brain it has on pants but no shirt. <laughs> Why would it have Does pants it on? have like fur? No. It's just skin like, that's like stretched across its bones.
0: Oh, okay. So we're not talking like pecs and abs.
1: No. We're talking <laughs> ribs and sternum. <laughs> it's emaciated. Well, right. So it's like the skin is just like, all, like hanging on the bone. Yeah, no, we're done talking about that. Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> is it bald? Does it have hair though? Uh, I mean, I'm going to say no hair. It doesn't have antlers, we know now. I would like it to. Yeah, I think it should. So the Wendigo has <laughs> antlers now. It does not all of the depictions. All the pictorials right. show antlers. Mm-hmm. It Clearly it's not canon. Someone made that up, but we're going with it. It, I think it's just the way it should be. Makes Maybe, it much cooler. It also makes it scarier.
0: Yeah. Because something that's not
1: on four legs and hooved yeah. shouldn't have antlers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an evil spirit that has taken over the body of a human and has grown it to 15 feet tall and grown antlers. That's horrifying. Uh, absolutely horrifying. The antlers are just like the icing on the cake. Yeah. So is it 15 feet tall? And then an additional, what, like, three feet for the antlers? (laughs) This thing's fucking 18 feet tall? You're just staring up at it.
0: Ooh, okay. So perhaps this can be attributed to the notion that he is never satisfied with his little cannibal urges. Mm -hmm. Um, He's obsessed with hunting for new victims, and he is forever hungry until he's eating another person. Yuck. Yuck big yuck the algonquin the algonquin people <laughs> struggling with the word people yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they say that during the turn of the 20th century <laughs> oh my god a large number of their people went missing The tribes attributed many of the mysterious disappearances to the Wendigo, thus calling him the Spirit of Lonely Places. Oh
1: my god, that's scary. Scary and sad. And sad. They're lonely.
0: Another rough translation of Wendigo is the evil spirit that devours mankind.
1: That's metal. Yeah.
0: This translation is related to yet another version of the Wendigo that has the power to curse humans by possessing them. So obviously it possesses people and has antlers. Or should have. Yeah. Once he has infiltrated their minds, he can turn them into wendigos as well, instilling upon them a similar lust for human flesh. Ugh. Basil H. Johnston, <laughs> <laughs> an Ojibwe teacher and scholar from Ontario, gives this description of a wendigo. The Windigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation, its decimated skin pulled tightly over its bones, with its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion, the ash gray of death, and its Oof. eyes pushed back deep into their sockets. The Windigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, Ew. unclean and suffering from separation of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death
1: and corruption. Has this bitch seen one? I think Basil might have seen one. Basil, we need to talk. Is he a Wendigo like hunter? He's just out here in the woods, in the lonely places. Dude, I want to be a Wendigo
0: hunter. Um. So according to ethno-historian Nathan Carlson... It's also been said that the wendigo has large, sharp claws and massive eyes like an owl. It's a big nope for me. However, some other people simply describe the wendigo as a skeleton-like figure with ashy-looking skin. So.
1: Just out here, like, with the claws and the eyes of an owl. Owls are dangerous. They will... Kill a bitch, first Absolutely. Of all. They'll take little dogs out of the yard. Yeah. Be, be careful. Don't fuck with owls. Seriously. They look cool, but keep your distance. Okay. In Ojibwe, Eastern Cree, West Main, Swampy Cree, Nescapi, and Inu lore, Wendigos are often described as giants. That are many times larger than human beings. A characteristic absent from myths and other Algonquin cultures. Whenever a wendigo ate another person, it would grow in proportion to the meal it had just eaten. So that it could never be full. So that's very snake-like. Yeah. You know? But snakes are full when they eat. And they don't eat for like a fucking six months. After a meal. So. Also very (laughs) unsnake-like. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It is and isn't. Therefore, Wendigos are portrayed as simultaneously gluttonous, but extremely thin due to starvation. The Wendigo is seen as the embodiment of gluttony, greed, and excess. Never satisfied after killing and consuming one person, they are constantly on the search for new ones. it's the worst kind of killer yeah yeah you know you know cereal (laughs) (laughs) serially eating people out here a cereal cannibal there should be a word for that cereal cannibal yeah
0: we'll get back to you guys
1: yeah we'll mull that
0: one over it'll be our new band name
1: (laughs) What is our current band name? I'm not really sure. I think it changes quite often.
0: Oh, it's a botched circumcision.
1: No, it can't. The key is that. Has it been changed since? Yeah, because it was um, 69 degrees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then it was 69 Strigas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I think maybe, because that was when we did the vampire episode. Yes. So I think. Currently, our band name is Sixty Nine Strigas. That seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah, I mean it's a month ago.
0: Damn, we should start writing this down. God, I'm actually going to start doing that right now. Keep reading.
1: <laughs> uh, where was I? Okay, the Wendigo need not lose the humans' powers of cognition or speech. <laughs>
0: I just tried to spell. I typed in botched and it just. <laughs> just auto this just auto-corrected the bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's funny. Anyways, proceed. I'm fucking I'm
1: interrupting this whole podcast. Listen, botched circumcision can be the first single we release. Botched circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> it really does not want you to type what you want. It's like, what the? <laughs> it knows what you're
0: thinking. I- And it's like I think my brain cells are dying. (laughs) Probably. So I just typed circumcision. (laughs) Oh my god.
1: Anyways, moving on. This is your intervention. (laughs) Circumcised. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. I got circumcision spelled, so we're good. Move on.
1: Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, let's see. The Wendigo. It keeps the human's ability to think and speak so that it may communicate with its prospective victims to threaten them, taunt them. Um, a specimen of folk story collected in the early 20th century by Lottie Chickagua Marsden, an ethnographer of the Chippewa- of Rama First Nation, in which a Wendigo also exhibits the use of tools and an ability to survive partial dismemberment and auto-cannibalism. Yikes. Ooh, not, not, no. I don't want my Wendigo to use tools. No. No. I
0: don't want any predator to use tools.
1: No. No. Different versions of the Wendigo legend say different things about it. <laughs> I like that it's different versions say different things <laughs> about his speed and agility. In some legends, he's unusually fast and can endure walking for long periods of time even in harsh winter condi- conditions. While others say he walks in a more haggard manner as if he's falling apart. But speed wouldn't necessarily be needed for a monster like the Wendigo. Because unlike other carnivores, the Wendigo doesn't rely on pursuing his prey in order to capture it. One of his creepiest traits is his ability to mimic voices. He uses the skill to lure people in and draw them away from civilization. Once they're isolated and in the desolate depths of the wilderness, he attacks them and eats them. Perfect. I mean, you know, he's thinking ahead. He's got a plan. So, you know. Yeah. Why expend your own energy when you can just lure them to you? Yeah.
0: I mean, that's how I would do it, probably. Sure. Very
1: spider-esque, actually. Yeah. They make a web and they just fucking wait. Yeah.
0: I mean, the good things in life come to you.
1: Yes. 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 Exactly.
0: Yeah. So. All right. Uh, In some traditions, humans overpowered by greed could turn into Wendigos. The myth thus served as a method of encouraging cooperation and moderation. Other sources say Wendigos were created when a human resorted to cannibalism to survive. Humans could also turn into windigos by being in contact with them for too long.
1: This answers our earlier question.
0: How does it happen? How does it happen? Yeah.
1: So don't just don't hang around for
0: too long. Right. If you you see a windigo, I mean, don't try to kick it with them. Yeah. Just walk the other way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, don't be rude. Say hi, but just like from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Just like
0: it's nice to meet you. I'm gonna get going though. Exactly. I'm not fit for your lifestyle.
1: Do a real COVID-style greeting. Yes.
0: Social distance from Wendigos. Yes. When you come into contact.
1: (laughs) I haven't heard social distance in for fucking ever. Yeah. That seems. (laughs) There for a minute. It was too much. Oh, my God. I be hearing that phrase too many times a day. Ugh. And I just wanted to say, hey, can't we just say. Get the fuck away from me. Three feet. Yeah. Or six feet, or however fuck much distance was there. It Just got say, smaller. Yeah. We don't need to say social distance. Just say six feet. Yeah. That's all you gotta say. Anyway. Get away from each other. Yeah. Stay away. Among <laughs> the...
0: Asini... Uh, Asini... I don't... I don't know.
1: I would say... Asinabwani? Among the Asinabwani
0: and Cree and the Ojibwe, a satirical ceremonial dance is sometimes performed during times of famine to reinforce the seriousness of the Wendigo taboo. The ceremony known as... Here we go. I'm going <sighs> to give this my best, best shot without too much thought. Wendigu Kanzamoan? Yes beautiful um that's the ceremony was performed during times of famine and involved wearing masks and dancing backward around a drum the last known wendigo ceremony conducted in the united states was at lake wendigo of star island of cass lake within the leech lake indian reservation in northern minnesota that's cool
1: that's very cool we should go to one we should
0: well, I mean, I guess we're not doing them anymore. We should do one. We I should don't... find people to do one.
1: Yeah, I think we probably have to find some Ojibwe people. I don't think we're really allowed to do it. No. no. So, if you are from an Oz- Ojibwe First Nation, yeah, please let us know. Is that the even the correct terminology for that? Or the Cree. If you are an Algonquin-speaking people... Let us know, and we'll, uh, you know, talk to you about Wendigos. Yeah, we would love that. It would be great. So now we're going to talk about Wendigosis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, And historical accounts of retroactively diagnosed Wendigosis. (laughs) It has been reported that humans became possessed by the Wendigo spirit after being in a situation of needing food and having no other choice besides cannibalism. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I've never been in a state of desperation like this. No. But I feel like in the event that... I'm hiking somewhere with a person, Dakota probably, say we're hiking. Because I certainly would not be hiking. Sure. Right. Uh, And we run out of food somehow and we're stranded. I don't know that I would become desperate enough that I would be like, babe, I'm going to need some of that skin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I would. Eat everything around me first. Grass. Leaves. Rocks.
1: <laughs> rocks. I mean, I dirt. feel like it would fill you up. Certainly. I just... uh And I feel like if it really came down to it, I'll just fucking die.
0: I would much rather die than take a chunk out of someone. I agree.
1: So. I agree. Yeah. And I just don't think I, I could do it no because if you're with another person how do you get to the cannibalism thing is it if they perish and it's just you left you just start eating them or do you kill them you're like fuck it survival of the fittest either yeah i mean if they're your only meal option you die (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah we're telling you all to just die because I'm telling you right now, if me and you get straighted somewhere and we're hungry as fuck, we're just going to sit there and watch each other die. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather.
1: I would rather. Die. <laughs> straight up die. <laughs> Oof. That's because gross. Because what happened. So it's for. You're at your basest human instincts this is pure survival mode you eat this other person say you eat them and you survive and then you go back to your regular life you're fucked forever yeah and i mean no one in the walking dead ever ate people yeah talk about desperation fuck there's zombies ever i mean besides the zombies well yeah they never know yeah so It's just the life you would lead if you survived due to cannibalism is just not worth it. I wouldn't even eat my own cat. No. That's very sad. Yeah. Because you know how much work it would take? You know how much emotional trauma it would take to not only kill your pet, but then to actually get to the part of the animal that you could actually eat?
0: Ooh, I don't like this.
1: The... Trauma.
0: No, yeah. it would
1: never work. There would be no point in living after that. It would be the worst. So, I think we're safe from the Wendigo. <laughs> I'm never going to eat people. Anyway, so, in many recorded cases of Wendigosis, the individual has been killed to prevent cannibalism from resulting. It seems premature. <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> we think this one might eat someone. Let's <laughs> kill him. <them. laughs> Some Cree folklore recommends treatment by ingestion of fatty animal meats or drinking animal grease. Ooh, what is animal grease? I guess the grease that happens when you cook meat. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so. <laughs> It just sounds extra weird when it's phrased like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, like, bacon grease, you know.
0: Right, I mean, if I had to, I would drink bacon grease.
1: Yeah, sure. Easy peasy. <laughs> It'd be real cool if they would, like, make gravy out of it. Right. Instead we, of just, can like, Can get a roux going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just leaving it the grease but I mean, for the purposes of the treatment, We'll go with it. Right. Um, those treated may sometimes vomit ice as a part of the curing process. I'm getting White Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What, what do you feel if you see someone throw up ice? Uh, superhero? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that is a medical marvel and that person needs to be studied at Harvard. Absolutely. I uh, mean
0: if you're if you're drinking grease and the result is throwing up ice, that's that's different.
1: Yeah, there's clearly a problem. Yeah. Can you not-
0: imagine the heartburn? The acid reflux. Ooh, no. <sighs> Are we talking like sonic ice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm what? thinking like shards of ice I was just, just <laughs> <saying> shards. <laughs> oh,
1: some of the guys would be much easier. Or like like the ice out of my fridge that's like kind of oval shaped and like smooth. Yeah. So like perfectly <laughs> it <laughs> really just slides in the throat easily. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm to piss on my pants. <sighs> <sighs> <clears throat> oh,
1: God. I need a drink. Anyway. Okay, so... <clears throat> now we're going to talk about a real-life case of... Wendigo psychosis. I felt like I said wendigosis too many times in a row. (laughs) And then I just said it again. So this report involved a Plains Cree trapper from Alberta named Swift Runner. During the winter of 1878, Swift Runner and his family were starving, and his eldest son actually passed away. 25 miles away from emergency food supplies. At Hudson's Bay Company post, Swift Runner butchered and ate his wife and five remaining children. That is too much food. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What the fuck? Butchered and ate his wife and five children. That's six people. Dude ate six humans. That is a lot. I mean... Ooh. They did say that once the Wendigo is finished with one person, they're completely dissatisfied until they're eating another. (sighs) Oof. Given that he had resorted to cannibalism so near food supplies, and that he killed and consumed the remains of all those who were present, it was revealed that Swift Runners was not a case of pure cannibalism as a last resort to avoid starvation but rather a man with wendigo psychosis he eventually confessed and was executed by authorities at fort saskatchewan uh good (laughs) as he should have been (laughs) god damn you can't just be out here killing six people and then proceeding to eat them all yeah fucking calm down but fucking wendigo or no Fascination with Wendigo psychosis among Western ethnographers, psychologists, and anthropologists led to a hotly debated controversy in the 1980s over the historicity of this phenomenon. Some researchers argued, essentially, that Wendigo psychosis was a fabrication, the result of naive anthropologists taking stories related to them at face value without observation. Others have pointed to a number of credible eyewitnesses By both Algonquins and others as evidence that Wendigo psychosis was a factual historical phenomenon. So, Mm. essentially, no answer. Right. The frequency of Wendigo psychosis cases decreased sharply in the 20th century as boreal Algonquin people became into greater and greater contact with European ideologies and more sedentary, less rural lifestyles. In the 10th revision of the International Statistical Classification of Diseases and Related Health Problems, classifies Wendigo as a culture-specific disorder, describing it as, quote, rare historic accounts of cannibalistic obsess- obsession. Symptoms included depression, homicidal or suicidal thoughts, a delusional compulsive wish to eat human flesh. Some controversial news studies question the syndrome's legitimacy, claiming cases were actually a product of hostile accusations invented to justify the, the victim's ostracism or execution. That was a lot. <laughs> Indeed it was. Goddamn. Uh,
0: <sighs> now, the best part. The best of part. Of the episode. There's two, isn't there? There is two. We are going to read you a couple encounters, and we're going to start with Eva.
1: Eva, um, this is down just as she wrote it, right? Yes. Okay. So this is like first person narrative. This is a post that she put on Cora. So I'm Eva. She's Eva.
0: During the pandemic, I spent nearly four months tent camping across the U.S. before upgrading to a 29-foot fifth wheel. One advantage of having an RV is that you can sleep behind a locked door rather than a zipper and a piece of fabric, which wasn't much of a problem until I arrived in the Great Lakes region of Wisconsin. I'd set up camp on some national forest land, cooked dinner, and climbed into my tent. As I was drifting off to sleep... I heard something funny. It was a sound of something small dragging something very large across the ground right outside of my tent. Did I leave something out there, I wondered? A tarp? A duffel bag? A cooler? But for the life of me, I couldn't connect the sound of what was being dragged to anything I'd seen or left outside. Thinking it must Thinking it must be some kind of very strong animal, and knowing it was right outside of my tent, I punched the side of the tent, hoping to scare the animal away. But it didn't move. It paused, then continued dragging. I punched the side of the tent again, harder, same result. So, I unzipped the tent to look outside. Nothing. Well, whatever it was, it's gone now, I thought as I settled back into my sleeping bag. Then I heard it again. I unzipped the tent, put on my shoes, and walked around the area, looking for what I might have left out and evidence of the animal who'd found it. Still nothing. I got back in the tent, definitely starting to feel a little unnerved. Suddenly, something large and heavy leaped on top of my tent. Through the fabric, I could see the outline of its long, sharp claws, From the sound of its walk and the size of its feet, I could tell it was something large. Except, at the same time, it was almost weightless. The sag in the tent is about what it would have been had a mouse or a chipmunk run across the roof. But this was obviously not a mouse or a chipmunk. It was large and clawed and weirdly weightless. I went through the song and dance of punching the roof and hitting nothing, then looking outside and seeing nothing then decided all I could do was try to go to sleep and pray. The next morning, I drove on to a mountain biking town about two hours away, where I encountered a trail crew in the woods. We got to talking. I'd just found my first puffball mushrooms, and I mentioned what had happened the previous night. "'It sounds like you met the Windigo. they replied in all seriousness. "'I'm always skeptical of claims about the supernatural,' But of all the possible explanations of what happened that night, the Wendigo makes the most sense. Yeah, I would have uh, not just gone to sleep in my tent.
1: Nope, I would have packed up my tent and left.
0: Absolutely, without
1: hesitation. (laughs) The odds of me camping by myself, though, less than zero. Absolutely. But, uh, Eva, we're super glad that you made that out without becoming a windigo yourself. We're glad you're still with us, Eva. Yes. And thanks for your story. Yeah. <clears throat> Next up, we have David. This one is not a narrative like Eva's. Um, I got this from, it's linked in our sources. I'll have to look. Let me, I'm going to go over there now because I feel like I need to say it now that I am thinking about it. We have a lot of things in here. Oh, Wisconsin Frights. It's a website. WisconsinFrights.com. Okay. So this is also a Wisconsin story. Eva's was in Wisconsin. David's is in Wisconsin. They got cheese and Wendigos. Dang. So, David and his wife were hunting in Point Beach State Forest in Manitowoc County, Wisconsin. Isn't that where fucking Steve is? Yep. A- oh, shit. Yep. As they were walking a bridal trail bow hunting, David began to feel as if they were being watched. They reached a fork in the trail and suddenly something just off the trail ran off through the forest. David noted, quote, it seemed so big I felt it in the ground. <laughs> Believing it must be a large buck, the couple proceeded down the trail hoping to get a glimpse of it. They found it about 50 yards up where the trail opened into a stand of tall pine trees. It was behind a tree and at first appeared to be a bear standing on its back legs and scratching its back against the tree trunk. Quote, it kept stepping to the side and I can see what it looked, I could see what looked to be a shoulder and a really long arm. No. David said. But it looked black, really black. Then it did something funny, almost like it got down on all fours and I thought I saw what would be its head. But it was very oddly shaped, almost like a football, but horizontal, with very long ears pointing up. Into the back. And I thought, what I believe to be very long, almost grayish hair. No. No. Ugh. David estimated the creature to be between 8 and 10 feet tall with long, thin, gangly arms. He and his wife watched it briefly, unable to understand what they were looking at. Then it took three large steps and disappeared into the underbrush. They slowly walked toward the tree where it had been standing, and they saw large impressions in the ground. David thought maybe it had been another hunter dressed in a ghillie suit, though he knew it was way too tall to actually be a human. So he called quietly, Hello? There was no response. He called out a few more times, but there was only silence. We decided we'd better get out of there because it was starting to get dark and we were both pretty freaked out, David wrote. All the way back, it felt like somebody was trailing us. Alongside the trail, keeping up as fast as we walked. About a quarter of a mile from the road where their vehicle was parked, David and his wife walked out of the forest and into a field. They saw a deer there, standing sideways and out in the open. Perfect shot. They had come to hunt, after all. So David raised his bow and knocked his arrow. I used lighted knocks so that you could see the trajectory of my arrow, David said. When I shot, you could see that I had shot low, and I heard something like my arrow hitting something. But I wasn't sure if I hit the deer or not, so we walked over there and started looking for my arrow still constantly watching around near us, and we couldn't find my arrow anywhere. Then David spotted the glowing knock about 20 or 30 yards back toward the woods in the path. My arrow was stuck basically vertical in the ground, except for leaning the opposite way from which I had shot, which to me and my wife seemed impossible that my arrow could be that way in the ground. As they made their way back toward the road to leave, a strong odor filled the air. I smelled the most horrible smell I've ever smelled in my life, like rot and mud and sulfur, David said. A nasty smell that was just right in my face. His wife smelled it as well and later described it to him as a very strong metallic odor of metal. Hmm. They hurried back to their vehicle and went home, but that night still haunts David. Uh, no. No with the
0: football-shaped head. Yeah. Yeah. In the all fours? No, thank you. <clears throat> no, thank you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, I won't be hunting anytime soon. No. Not that I ever hunt, but it's for sure no, no.
1: Right. I've been deer hunting with my dad a couple of times. It's just really boring and cold and early. Yeah, I'm just, just gonna. I'm good on that. Yeah. It's not. Unless I'm ever forced to. Right. 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 Well, that is the story of the Wendigo. That is the Wendigo. It's a scary one. It's very, like, whenever I was looking for encounter stories, it was very, like, In the same, like, Korra thread that I found Eva's story, there was also, like, skinwalker stories. Oh. So it's, like, very similar. It's, like, skinwalkers for different regions. So you have, like, your New Mexico, Nevada skinwalkers that are also part of, like, Native American tradition in that area, the Navajos. Yeah. And then you have the Algonquin people of, like, Canada and northern U.S. There's
0: some weird shit that goes on the side of the globe.
1: I feel like there's some weird shit that goes on on the whole globe. We should look up
0: some, like, shit like this, but in, like, fucking Germany.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. We should check out some, like, Asian folklore. I bet that shit gets fucking weird. I bet it does. How bad do you think these cookies are by now? They've been in the container. When did you make them? Friday. It wasn't on sealed. They're probably just really crunchy.
0: Oh fuck yeah, I feel so good. Well eat the lot. Mmm. Mmm. Mm Mmm.
1: Do they taste stale? Yeah, but I'm still gonna eat it. Sure. I mean I eat stale, stale cheetah stale Cheetos. <laughs> Maddie just had a stroke
0: oh she's getting staler
1: yeah the li- The lid wasn't all the way on so I'm not surprised
0: That's I feel
1: so like, good I feel like stale Cheetos are probably better than these stale yeah 100% yeah well
0: um, please rate us, review us five stars. Yeah. Um, I see that our number of ratings on Spotify has gone up.
1: Oh,
0: um, a couple people have fucked up our rating on Apple pods, but it's cool, man. Cause we don't really give a shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. 3.9. We'll take it. Sure. No, I don't care. Um, Oh. these are just like the things that I don't even look at honestly I looked at them the other day but uh you know oh stop it freaking phone being a such a stupid asshole
0: anyway um, um yeah that's the end of the episode folks have a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, and Ariel
1: and Laura, we love you very much. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, be kind. And stay weird. Bye. Bye.